It's October, and it's time for another episode of Rick's Horror Movie Review Show. Rick's Rated R Horror Movie Review Show, where we review all things related to horror. But tonight, another horror movie. Around here, we love we love horror movies. We love horror movies about the Catholic Church. Demons. Creepy aliens. Ooh. Yeah. Zombies. Reanimated bodies. We gotta do a zombie movie. We said that last time. But it turns out there's a slasher film out there for everybody. That's right. Tonight. I said this before, but I was wrong. I found a slasher film I like. Tonight's a special episode. Tonight we're uh Tonight we're reviewing the best rated movie that this shoe has. <laughs> this shoe <laughs> that this show has thus far reviewed. I, I believe it's uh, it's our first slasher film, and you know what? Might as well be our last one, considering how amazing this film was. And I'm spoiling a lot as it is already, but you know our format, and you know as always, this is a spoiler full review of this movie. The movie is a Swedish film. Swedish, Swedish. Sorry, not Swedish. 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 This yes, movie is Swedish. It's a movie called uh, The Conference. I don't know if that's Swedish, but we'll go with it. Yes, the movie is called The Conference. It's a Swedish take on the classic Cavern in the Woods slasher film. And you know what? They might as well have reinvented the entire genre because after this film, whatever they make will always have to be compared to this one. It is phenomenal. I'm going to talk about the great things that I loved about this movie. I'm going to talk about the things I didn't like about this movie. And then we're going to go into the story. We'll do a uh, plot review, analysis. Wait, we don't do analysis. We almost got you. Why don't we do analysis? Because we're not experts. We just love this shit. And we just do it because it's fun for us. And it's, it's amazing to share our opinion and our thoughts and our beliefs as we experience this. Every one of these films is an experience, good or bad. And we're better people. <laughs> Are you sure? <laughs> Sometimes not. Uh, but anyway, plot review and commentary on what we loved and what we hated about this film. And tonight, a lot more love than hate. And then we'll give this movie a rating. Well, let's get to it. The things I liked. This is a great twist, as I mentioned already, on slasher films of the 1980s, um, potentially all time. This is how you make an interesting slasher film. No. I know I've said in the past that I don't like slasher films, but the reason is, because all the characters are always dumb. And characters is dumb. I don't like dumb characters. They annoy me. I want, in, I want intelligent characters. I want characters that can figure shit out on the spot. You know, I get it. There's fear running. But, you know, you have to use your brain. You have to be able to, to find solutions to problems under any circumstances. And so the slasher films to me are always about the stupidest fucking characters and the, the stupidest fucking people in the history of mankind getting themselves into stupid fucking situations and the killer happens to be the smartest among them. And they die because they're fucking dumb. And that's slasher films. Oh, I tripped and I fell. I tripped on this branch. Oh my God, now I'm struggling to get up and it's taking me forever. Actually...
And I hate that. I hate that a character gets himself cornered or herself cornered and can't find a way to escape or a means of getting away other than screaming and, and doing nothing in their, you know, in the, uh, in the, in the interest, in the interest to preserve themselves and uh, their lives. But not this film. Not this film. This film is a, a different animal. This film has taken that slasher thing and just turned it upside down. And, and this is what slasher film should be, frankly. Uh, satire. We're still talking about the things you like. Wow, you're almost right into uh, you know other things this tonight. Well, you really, well, you really like this film, eh? This film is good. Eh? You like slasher films. You say you you not like slasher films, but you seems to like this this one. I love this one. I love it. Uh, I'm just gonna spoil it for you right now. Rating immediately. Let's just end this now. No, no, no. It's not, no. Um, great. It's, a, it's satire. Uh, and uh, again, this is always a spoilerful review. Satire on racial issues, satire on cultural issues, gentrification. Such a such an interesting and intelligent take on real world problems in a really entertaining way. Not like in a way like just shoving you. I'm going shove. Let, let's shove, uh, you know, some really important issue right in your face and make it really obvious, but at the same time also really boring and not entertaining. Like, I, I get it. I get what you're trying to do, but, but also this is, this is entertainment. Don't forget. Unless I'm watching a documentary, I want to be entertained. Okay, if, if this is a documentary about important racial issues in Sweden, then, you know, I'll, I'll take it as a documentary about the important racial issues in Sweden. But if it's not, if it's a movie, and if it's a genre that I expect to enjoy, then I expect to be entertained because I paid money or I pay for a subscription fee to watch a movie that entertains me. See, yes, 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 this movie, this movie is definitely entertaining movie for you. This cool film. Uh, anyways, a lot of satire. Uh, great, really, again, I, one of the things I really enjoy, you know this already. Uh, I enjoy when I don't know the actors who are portraying these characters uh, because I can get invested in the action and who they are in their adventure, in their misadventure, in their reality. I love it. And I know none of these folks. Uh, they're all Swedish actors, I must assume. And uh, they all did a tremendous job and they all played their role to the best of their abilities. And uh, it was a beautiful effort, a combined team effort. Uh, and uh, yeah, things I didn't like. Well, I'll tell you what. You didn't like? You like? You did? You find things you didn't like about this film? No, I didn't. There's nothing here. I'm not adding anything to this list. I just really enjoy. It. Well, should I? Should I do it? Should I add things that I didn't enjoy? Um. Fuck it. I'm gonna add one thing. I'm gonna add one thing. Just as one tiny thing. I think the ending. The ending was almost perfect. Almost, almost perfect. Like, oh, it should have, ah, you know, like, ah, uh, uh, why? Why did you do that? You know, you had a perfect film. You had a, you know, you had a perfect 10. You had a perfect 10 and you added this and now it's like, why? I didn't need to see this. But anyway, uh, they, they added a little extra, a little too much butter on top of the old pancakes uh, for me. The pancakes were already delicious. And then they added... The pancakes, uh, the macadamia nut pancakes had uh, sugar from the banana macadamia nut pancakes are a little sweet because of the banana and uh, because of uh, some of the butter that they had. But then they also added extra. What are you talking about? You like pancakes? 
why are we talking about pancakes now? Because I'm making a point to the fact, uh, I'm trying to make a point here about how they added uh, powdered sugar to pancakes that were already sweet. And by adding the powdered sugar, they made a really, really sweet dish, uh, delicious dish, you know, uh, unnecessarily sweet. Oh, yes, I understand now. I understand now. You too much sweet, too much sweet tooth. That Americans do like sweet tooth. I see. Very obese nation. Wow. You're very honest. Well, you know, we Scandinavian countries, we, we, we're always very honest. We must be honest. Well, yes, Scandinavian. Switzerland is in Scandinavia, right? We're going to run with it. Anyway, uh, there's one small thing I didn't like. They added an extra scene that I didn't think was necessary. You know, and let's get into the story. Anyway, the story is about a team, uh, municipal workers, going on some conference in some beautiful part of you know Sweden. They don't really say where it is, but the point is uh, they're doing this for uh, supposedly professional development reasons, but the reality is they just want to get away from the old offices. And by the way, this is where it really starts to get interesting because... If you are a fan of The Office, you're going to start to get a sense that these characters are almost like based on Office characters. I couldn't stop but point out, hey, that's Michael Scott, you know, or that's, you know, that's Dwight, or, you know, that's Toby, or, you know, or no, that, no, that, more, that, that one's more like, uh, that's BJ, and that's Jim, and that's Pam, and it just felt, they felt familiar in a really interesting way because, you know, I, I don't know if it was intentional, but... It definitely felt like, uh, although The Office is supposed to be a satire on, uh, you know, an offices, <laughs> American offices. I heard there's a British person. Um, uh, but obviously the characters are supposed to feel familiar for those who, feel, who work in offices. And, and this, just, this just felt like that. And because I'm such a huge fan of The Office, it felt like I was watching a satire of The Office, even though The Office is a satire itself. But anyway, point is, oh, yes, it's uh, in double satire, like... Double inception, maybe like, like satire inside satire. That's that's wonderful fun. Yeah, kind of like satire inside satire, I guess. Anyway, they're off in this conference, and the boss is uh, Engel. Engel, you mean Engel? Engel, yes, Engel. Engel, yes, Engel. Engel, Engel, Engel. It sounds the same to me. No, it's not sound same. Engel. Angle. Angle. More ang. Oh. Angle. Yeah. Angle. Okay. Got it. Angle. Uh, so, Angle is the boss who reminds me a lot of Michael Scott. <laughs> a lot of Michael. A lot. Reminds me a lot of Michael Scott from The Office. And she's the leader. She's telling them how, you know, they're in this conference and uh, they're in this professional retreat and everybody's arriving in this cabin in a woods type of scenario and we meet. Uh, the person who runs the office, the concierge, I guess. I'm sorry, not the office. Uh, we, the, the, the woman who runs the camp or the, the, you know, the cabin area, the retreat area, essentially. We meet Raja. Raja. And we meet uh, the cook whose name escapes me at the moment. But anyway, we're meeting the team. The office team is getting there and you start to meet those characters as well. And everybody starts to settle in. Uh, everybody finds their comments, they're doing little funny presentations. Rather, it's not supposed to be funny, but there's a real funny money in there because they're doing... Uh, so the, the point of the conference is because they're, it's a, they're redeveloping the land. Uh, somebody has bought this land out from this farmer, 
And now this company who is in charge of all of this paperwork, which is the, the, the team that we're meeting, is in charge of the paperwork. And, uh, you know, I don't exactly know how it works. But anyway, the point is, is like this piece of land is being redeveloped. This camp will be gone. It's going to be taken over by, uh, you know, some kind of commercial development. Well, like, and the big lot is going to be taken over by Ikea. They made that very clear. Anyway, they're there to enjoy the last hurrah of the space before it's torn down the next day. Groundbreaking happens the next day. Angle, angle. That's that. That's yeah. That's right. That's right. Angle uh, is you know very happy about this. She's ecstatic, but at the same time, she's very ecstatic to be there, just away from the office and drinking booze and enjoying you know the amazing uh, piece of land that it is. At the same time as this is happening, we start to get shots of what I really enjoy. You know, I I really enjoy. Um, I don't like when there's just some random trap in the middle of nowhere and I didn't see it get set up. I want to see the trap get set up. I'm sorry, I just do. I, 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 it's part of my uh, mechanism. I need to know things. So I need to see the trap being built. I need to see the trap being set. Uh, I need those things in the story because a random trap in the middle of nowhere, to me, just doesn't make any sense. I'm sorry. I, I need to see it. I, I got to see it. And guess what satisfied this? This movie. This movie goes into scenes of not of revealing the killer, but not revealing who the killer is. Uh, that's confusing. They reveal killer, but not who he... Oh, yes, yes, you mean there's shots of killer, but not shots of his face. Yeah, that's right, there's shots of the killer, but not shots of his face. So they reveal the killer, or who's potentially supposed to be the killer, because obviously this person is planting all kinds of crazy traps, crafting weapons, getting prepared for an assault on, uh, you know, on the conference folks. And so they're doing this at the same time that the team is having their presentations and settling into their cabins and all that good stuff. Okay, so back to where they're settling in into their presentation. There's this real funny moment of uh, when the redevelopment is happening. Uh, and they play a clip, one of, like, one of those classic 1980s clips of, you know, uh, a perfect family, uh, you know, and uh, shopping or a perfect family. Anyway, just to... To plant the idea that this is going to be a beautiful community for beautiful people to live in, and it's going to be happy-go-lucky, and <laughs> and it's quite evidently obvious. In, in, in I don't know the demographics of Switzerland, right? Uh, well, you no know, demographics always changing, always, always, always changing. You we would be surprised. Uh, Switzerland, uh, you know, much much diverse, much diverse. Yeah, well. I wasn't aware of the diversity, so it was blatantly obvious that to me this this produced uh, this you know this mocky uh, this uh, infomercial type thing for the development was a bunch of blonde Swedish people, good-looking blonde Swedish people, and that makes sense to me. <laughs> I didn't see it as like weird. I don't know. I don't know the the composition of you know of Switzerland. You know, I know that there's definitely blonde Swedish. I know that there's the occasional brunette and you know raven-haired folks up there, but. I don't know enough about the country to think twice about it. Um, but seeing as how the castle is diverse, and, and this movie is in fact a Switzerland movie, it's sort of hinted at maybe it's not exactly you know the most inclusive uh, infomercial. And they sure enough pointed that out. One of the characters, her name is Nadja. Uh, once the commercial is over, once Angela, that's good. You got now. You got now, Angela. Uh, once uh, Angela finished showing the the infomercial, one of the characters, Nadja's, uh, immediately orders, well, is <laughs> well, exactly what she said. Not just like, ain't this some racist bullshit? Not, not in those words exactly, but you know, that was exactly what she's getting at. And Nadja is, uh, 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 you know, she is a very different background than these folks. I don't know exactly who she is. She might have been Indian. 
um, Pakistani. I don't know. I don't know exactly, but she's definitely not of what uh, you know. What any not <laughs> your mom Lynn now. Not of uh, she couldn't see herself in the information. I totally get that, right? She is of uh, brown skin tone with black hair. Beautiful woman for sure. Uh, but certainly no one to represent her in that information. Most of those people were super tall, blonde, blue-haired. Uh, and it's funny, Aryan-looking folks. And she wrote out, oh, look at this, look at this infomercial, you know, probably this neo-Nazi. It was just this really hilarious thing that I wasn't expecting at all, considering the film is made in Sweden. And I don't know anything about the demographics of Sweden, the, the political leanings of Sweden, I know nothing. And it was really funny and interesting to see that they're conscious about that stuff, considering, again, that the cast was very diverse. So beautiful, beautiful on that. I love it. Again, this is you know, interjecting, and you know I love diversity in movies. Interjecting, and I didn't put that in my things that I love. I love the diversity in this film. Um, anyway, really funny and really interesting, really well done. Like, again, a satire on issues that are real in any country, I'm sure. Uh, about one majority versus a group of minorities. And uh, it was really interesting to see that in a really funny way. Uh, anyway, we move forward. We move forward. Yeah, forged in my head with story. Anyway, they're all settled in, and now, like, things start to get creepy. So now the... <laughs> now, when they initially met everybody, uh, I mentioned the cook. Well, the cook was sort of uh, kind of... He wasn't dismissive, but people were dismissive of him, including the one, the concierge, I forgot her name, but they just kind of like skipped over his, the important parts of what he was ready to say. He had a presentation all set up for the, <laughs> for everybody there uh, in the company, but they're just like, whatever, dude, let's just get to the cabins and do what we got to do to get out of here. So he's kind of disgruntled and he's like, there's a scene of him chopping vegetables in the kitchen. Really, really angrily. Oh man, he's chopping. He's chopping, chopping, chopping. And he's angry. He's just chopping away at those vegetables and he's like then dumped them in a kind of pot and unfortunately the stove's out of gas. Fuck. Fucking Roger didn't uh, fill up the, uh, the propane tanks with propane and now he has to go up and fucking do it himself because he has to do everything around those parts. That's one of those characters. So he jumps into his vehicle and he's our first victim, unfortunately. He comes upon one of the traps of the killers, pops his tire, and now he finds himself walking through the forest, and he falls on another fucking trap, and he's dead. And I hate to be so blunt and quick about it, but he wasn't, he wasn't, he was so good. He wasn't overly played out, it didn't take forever, he just, unfortunately, happens to be the first victim. But, at the same time, you know, it hinted at almost at him being the killer, because he was chopping shit so angry with a knife. With a knife. With a knife! Oh, I did that one already. With a knife! You run away. With a gun, you charge. With a knife, you run away. And he was chopping away at that knife, uh, with that knife, and it almost seemed like, oh, well, you know, they're being dismissive of him. Certainly, this guy's got a motive, but now, you know, he's not. You know, this isn't the first time people are dismissive of him. He's just going to go out crazy and start killing people. Well, it wasn't him, so good use of misdirection. I really thought it could have been him, and it wasn't, and he got rid of him out of the way real quickly, which is really good, you know? No three hours of, like... Is the cook the killer? Who's doing the killing? Who's killing things? Is cook the killer? Is the killer cook? Is he going to poison the food? No. None of that shit. He's dead. So he's the first victim and now he's gone. And obviously, as I mentioned earlier, the killer has rigged the forest with a tremendous amount of traps. And we saw these traps being set. And again, I love that. And so he fell into one and unfortunately... Oh, sorry. Yeah. 
he's dead. And we move on. More conferencing and, and uh, you know, more talking about the situations in uh, in the plan for the development and, you know, and everybody's just sort of pretty normal at this point, but they're starting to expect lunch. Now the cook's not coming back, right? And it starts to get a little difficult for them and um, nothing too crazy or out of the ordinary or anything like that. But uh, we, we move forward with with the, the conference itself. Uh, anyway, he takes that first person out. And then we move on to finding out, uh, actually there's scenes of them going, like the entire, okay, so I'm just, this is going to get too long if I, if I continue to I love this movie and I think you should watch it, but Jesus, there's a lot of stuff to dissect. Um, they go on to do their conference thing and eventually they find out the cook isn't there uh, right, and then so the concierge starts put shit together, and they all eat hot dogs, but at the same time they're all getting disgruntled because the food isn't there. Uh, eventually, they go on. You know, they finish the conference bologna, and it's nighttime, and they go on and start doing like a jacuzzi thing, and everybody's getting happy, although sort of still hungry. Uh, and unfortunately, while this shit is happening, um, more killings continue to happen. So now the concierge is killed. So the concierge is killed. You know, and, and by the way, I want to say this about this movie because they're not um she's she's she wasn't like a uh like a typical death. Like she put up a struggle. Like she's finding ways of defending himself. Like she's smart, you know, she's she's a smart girl. She's out there and she's like grabbing this is happening in the kitchen. And because uh, she's trying to put shit together since the cook is absent and they, they don't know where he is. So she's trying to put dinner together dinner together dinner together. She, it's trying to put the dinner, dinner. Are you trying to say dinner together? She's trying to put dinner together for the for the guests, but obviously it isn't happening. And the killer's already roaming, and he's in there in the building now. And um, you know they come, they come face to face. And this is really the first instance in the movie where you start to see that this isn't a typical slasher film. Where like, oh my god, ah! and then like you screaming or you know a bunch of useless things and falls and like walks or rather drags herself backwards against the wall before covering her face and getting slashed. No. This girl is like, why do I grab the throw at this some bitch? And it's grabbing pots and just launching shit like Take that you bastard. You won't take me alive. Ha Scrambling. Scrambling. And scrambling the grabbing shit and she's out there and she's being heroic and fucking you know, trying to save her own life, and she's grabbing more shit, and, and, and scrambling shit, and, uh, ah, ah, and it doesn't happen, unfortunately. But at least she put up a really, really, really good fight. And um, she's out there uh, trying to save herself, and eventually the killer throws like this cast iron pattern at the back of her head, unfortunately. And that's how she goes. But she put up such a great fight, and it was interesting to see her trying to look for doors, trying to look for things, and it was, I loved it. I loved every minute of it. Unfortunately, she's dead anyway. But hey, it's a slasher. You know, we were hoping that, uh, at the very least, these minor characters, uh, you know, prove to be important pieces of how the story will be treated, right? But anyway, she's dead. So now they're all at the jacuzzi, and they're all hanging out. And everybody's there, with the exception of this character, who is uh, Lena. Now, Lena isn't there. And I didn't mention this earlier. Lena is an important character. And during the conference thing, where that presentation was being shown, some documents were brought forth to her. 
And these documents prove to have signatures by her that she herself says she did not sign. Now, why is this important? Uh, this important. I, I can say this important because uh, yeah, she was on medical leave at a time when documents were signed and signature was forged. An important part of story because uh, uh, because uh, there was, how do you say, uh, uh, because of the farmer? Right, farmer. Uh, the farmer who sold the land. Right, farmer who sold land. The farmer who sold land was not going to be, how you say, compensated. Right, compensated. Right. So the farmer who sold the land for the development would not be compensated. And Lena calls this out because it's really important because obviously if they're going to ravage this piece of land, at the very least this man could be compensated. So she's angry about this and she's making it known. Uh, unfortunately, there's not much that she can do. Uh, there's this really weird relationship happening between her and another one of the characters. Um, oh, Jesus, what's his name? Jonas? Yeah, Jonas. Jonas is his name. Uh, Jonas is the shady character. She's a really annoying character and, uh, you know, winds up being sort of a villainy-like guy. And he is the person who's putting this deal together. Uh, but uh, nefarious reasons, of course, the reality is it's not as it seems, and we don't know that yet. But anyways, that, that signature was forged, presumably by Jonas. And Lena knows it, and she's angry. And she's trying to find evidence. Trying to find evidence as to what the hell's going on. And eventually she does that while everybody's, you know, having a good time. And, well, just uh, come join us in bathtub. It's good, delicious. We'll drink beer and wine, and we'll, we'll get hot water and cold weather. That's like, you know, we do Scandinavia. Scandinavian things. Everybody loves hot water tubs in cold weather, not just Scandinavia. Oh, right, right. Not, not exclusively, I meant to say, but we love things like this. It's fun activity for us. And I think everybody likes that. Oh, oh, sorry, sorry, sorry. Everybody loves... Anyway, she's looking for evidence, and she sure enough finds evidence that Jonas um, sold out the location. He sold out the location to another company that is now going to employ him. And as a matter of fact, all these stores that were proposed to have been built in this new development are not coming, including the IKEA I mentioned earlier. The farmer, in fact, was not compensated. And somehow, uh, you know, he got himself a, uh, a really, really fancy executive job with this, uh, with this other company. And he's really selling everybody out. And he's really happy about the entire thing, obviously, because he's making money off of it. He's getting a better job at the expense of everybody else, of course. And so they're all in a bathtub uh, and having fun. And obviously, Lena knows about this. And she wants to tell other, other folks about it. And she winds up calling uh, Nadja and Amir and telling them what's going on. And at the same time that this is happening, we see the killer. And now the killer... Uh, the, the, the killings are also very interesting and, really, and sort of really funny, actually, really funny killings. He brings a motor, uh, you know, like one of these, uh, either a canoe motor or just a small, a small marine motor. And he's just walking towards this idiot who I didn't mention much of it because it's kind of annoying. Uh, he's, his name is Kajin. He's just like a really, really, really annoying character. He's not BJ from The Office if you follow The Office, but he's more of a combination of a really stupid... By the way, Really important thing. He's the first cast member of, or he's the first member of the uh, municipal staff to die. You know why? Because it's been emphasized through his jokes and through his demeanor how fucking stupid this person is. And so the movie does this. The movie does at this point such a fresh take on who's dying. The person who's dumb is gonna die first. 
if you're the fucking moron in a group of people, don't go. Be the smart person. Go find yourself more smart. You know, go find yourself a, a group of dumb people and then uh, be the smart person. <laughs> don't associate yourself with other smarter people because when that comes to that, you know, they're going to outrun you and you're going to be the first person to die because of how fucking stupid you are. Uh, but anyway, that's what happens to him. He's in a bathtub being an idiot, saying stupid fucking jokes and, and doing really annoying things, listening to really shitty music. And he's the first one to fucking die. He's just dead. The killer comes in with a propeller. And starts walking towards Gatch. And Gatch is like, what's that? This funny thing you're holding. Uh, what are you going to do with that? And he's just standing there waiting for this fucking thing to be turned on. And Gatch is like, ha, everybody, who's joke? Oh, and I forgot to mention, at this time he's wearing, the killer's wearing this mask. This really funny mask of like this forest person, forest coal person that uh, that Jonas actually brought in to, for some fucking reason, for the ceremony. The next day, the groundbreaking ceremony, and then the next day, he wore a costume earlier. And he set it down uh, earlier in the film. Uh, anyway, he is... Uh, he is now wearing... The killer's not wearing this mask. And... Um, well, he's approaching Kaj in the bathtub, and, you know, I don't want to drag this out. He just gets sliced. <laughs> he's the first one to go, because he's a fucking moron. And this is where shit starts to get really, really crazy. Now we're really starting to see how, you know, these people are going to have to, you know, use their brains to survive. One thing I mentioned, or I didn't mention earlier, there's another scene where, you know, they're doing teamwork and team building activities. And it's important. I have to mention this, and I'm sorry for you. Ah, that's all right. You just, just say it now. It's, it's okay. It's not like... You can't, you can, you can't turn back time. You can't turn back time, you're right. Uh, but I can certainly mention it now, and uh, people will still remember it, right? Ah, that's right, just say it now. Say it, say it. Stop, stop saying so much other stuff. Just say what you want to say. So there's a scene where another one of the camp members who happens to be, I don't know her name, wouldn't call her Sporty Spice. Oh, is that okay? Yeah. Um, she reminds me of one of the Spice Girls, and um, she's in charge of all the activities, team building activities that that are meant to be physical. And in one of these physical activities, there's two important physical activities. One of them is the zipline activity, which Lena or Lynn, yeah, Lena refuses to do because she's scared. It's really important. And Amir, I think, sort of has a thing for her. I mentioned Amir before. He was about to volunteer to do the 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 zipline for Lena, but. He decides not to for some reason or another. You know, he wanted Lena to stand up for herself, and he winds up she doesn't want to do it. Um, uh, Jonas was bullying Lena into doing it, but she winds up not doing it. Actually, it's three important things to mention. Oh, you forgot to <laughs> for many important things, but that's okay. Just mention now. Uh, yes, and more and more backfilling stuff. Uh, second thing that's important thing, Sporty Spice, the, the camp leader for the sporting activities, took everybody's phones because it's a team-building activity. The last thing I want to mention is that they also built rafts as part of one of the team building activities, and one team won and one team didn't. So that means there's one working raft and one not working raft at this point. That's sort of it. Just a little bit of um, uh, extra meat on the bones there for you. So where were we? Everybody's okay. So now Kaj is dead. Now he's been killed, and now the killer has been revealed. Oh no, he actually killed, hasn't been revealed, but it's the first time he presents himself to everybody else now. Now we start to see, uh, you know, what's what's going to happen, okay? So Kaj is dead, and now everybody scrambles, and what starts to happen is that 
Lena and Jonas uh, try to escape in this thing, right? This boat that I mentioned earlier made out of plastic bottles. And Jonas trying to find out how exactly Lena now knows this because she confronted him about this whole bullshit development thing that isn't happening early. And she confesses to him that she has a flash drive, which she showed to Eva and Amir earlier in the movie. I'm sorry, not Eva, Nadja and Amir. Anyway, he tricks her into handing over the flash drive before he knocks her down, and now she's in the middle of the forest, and he uh, runs through the forest and almost scalps himself uh, right at the top of the head. And it was disgusting. But at the very least at this point, and you see a scene of the <laughs> you see a scene of the killer in the backdrop, and he's been outsmarted. This is the first instance I think where people have done things to a smarten, which is really good to see. Uh, anyway, he both of the both of the men escape, and so the killer decides to pursue the other the other team members, uh, who are Nadja, uh, Eva, Amir, and Torbjorn. And uh, Torbjorn happens to be and uh, an older gentleman, and he's really funny too. This is a really funny scene in there. Uh, Eva, not so not as old as Torbjorn, but certainly a little older. And uh, yeah, so they're all in the main cabin, and they're trying to find some weapons to defend themselves. And thankfully, uh, Lina and, uh, and Amir at some point find them and they all get together in the cabin and they all figured out that they, they got to find a way, right? And this is, where, this is where it really starts to get really cool. That's a group of people using their brains to outsmart a killer. They don't know what's out there, but they know that he's got intentions of killing them. But they're all like, what the fuck? Well, we got to do something about it. They're not like waiting to get killed or anything like that. And they all have different ideas about how to, <laughs> how to survive the night best. Um, unfortunately, the team building activities didn't quite do their job, right? They're all still not quite on the same team yet, although they all have ideas for how to survive. Anyway, what winds up happening is they split up, unfortunately, for not because of, uh, you know, a particular reason. It's just because they couldn't agree to exactly how to defend it. But they do, they do gather weapons. And uh, they gather weapons, and um, as the sooner the killers soon starts attacking um, them. And unfortunately, uh, what, what starts up happening is uh, Annette, who thought that the killer was uh, somebody they mentioned earlier in the film, Franz. So Franz used to be a former co-worker who stabbed her, who stabbed Engel, actually. Oh, I forgot about Engel. Oh, my God. Engel got hung earlier in the film, really unceremoniously. She, she, and I almost forgot about her because it was, it was just funny. Uh, it wasn't really like... Uh, anything interesting so in, in the pool or in the um the jacuzzi scene she's she's one of the ones there and eventually like as she's running or she's getting dressed or right after the jacuzzi scene when she leaves she gets captured in the middle of the, st of the camp and gets hung and that's the end of her uh, but and that theorizes uh that it could be potentially franz an old co-worker of them that stabbed engel in the arm and they alluded to that a little bit and she mentions it to the cast. Oh, you know, it's, uh, it, it must be Franz. And so she's not afraid of, of Franz because she thinks it's Franz. So she confronts him, tries to take off that mask, that cold burner mask, and then he realizes that it's, in fact, it's not Franz. And he has a sickle with him, the killer does, and just stabs Annette right in the top of the head, right on the noggin. And she doesn't die. Uh, she's just wandering aimlessly like a zombie through the remainder of the movie. And it's actually, it's actually kind of funny. I ought to tell you, this movie is really fucking funny. Um, I'm sorry to find fun and humor in the gory shit, but it's just it's just hilarious. I mean, it is a satire, and it's just done in a really not in a bad way, not like oh my god, this movie's so bad that it's funny. No, this movie's so good that it knows what it's doing. It's just humorous in a really good fucking way. It's so fucking entertaining. 
Uh, even small things like that. And this woman's acting as she has the sickle on top of her head and she's walking around like, you know, she's, she's almost like balancing like a pot on top of her head or something. Anyway, really, really funny. So Annette is gone. And now we're still left with uh, Nadja, Eva, Amir, and Tordigen. And, uh, and Jonas and Lena, obviously. But everybody at this point is split up. Anyway, the, re- the remainder of the group who happens to be, I think right now, is Nadia, Eva, Amir, and Torbjorn. They find some newspaper, and uh, I th- they don't remember who deduces it, but it might have been Torbjorn. Torbjorn's the old man who, throughout <laughs> the entire movie, he's like, you know, back in the old days, you know, we used to do this in a good way, not like, back in the old days, you know, women made us have as much as we did, and we liked it that way. Not like that kind of bullshit, but more like, Look at how dirty this guy is. Look at how dirty these people are. They used to get their hands dirty in the old days. And that kind of stuff. You know, he's one of those people. But he's a really lovable character. I don't think he's with no nefarious reasons behind it. Not a, not a nefarious bone in this dude's body. It's really funny. Anyway, um, he's still alive. And Amir's alive. Eva, Nadja, Lena, and Jonas. But the only ones that are together right now being chased by the killer or figuring out what to do about the killer is Nadja, Eva, Amir, and Torvijan. Anyway, they deduced that the killer is, in fact, obviously not Franz, who they thought was, who they thought it was, but rather Paulson's, who happens to be, or Paulson's son. Paulson was the farmer who uh, we all thought wasn't going to be compensated, but in fact, it is revealed that he was, in fact, compensated. So Paulson, the farmer, hung himself for some reason, even though he did get money. But as a method of seeking revenge against, uh, you know, his father killing himself and him losing the farm. He seeks revenge, right? And so that's the motivation, which, by the way, is really important for me. Uh, somebody who's consuming this story. Like, I need to know the motivation behind the killer. If there is no motivation behind the killer, the story is really boring to me. If you're just ma- aimlessly killing, unless you're the joke. But that's a different story. I need to know the motivation. What, what happened to you? Why are you killing people? You know, I'm not saying anything is ever justifiable, but it's an interesting thing that I need to know. I need to know the psychology behind why this is happening. Uh, it may be nothing. You know, maybe, you know, he just was born with a mental deficiency that didn't allow him to feel pain or remorse. And he wasn't. Mis- and that's already a reason. Okay, So there's always a reason, even if it's no reason. But anyway, it's revealed to him. It's revealed to the audience, uh, potentially uh, to the cast as well or to the people in the conference that the killer is Paulson's son. Uh, and they're presuming this, right? They don't know, but obviously, because they're so smart, they, f- by the way, I keep saying this, but they're really fucking smart. They're sticking together. They're, they're, even though they're not always following the same plan, um, they're trying to. And at this point, there's a scene where they're going to, fuck it, you know, they're going to try to get away with the van. And they've deduced who the killer is, and now Nadja. Nadja is uh, the woman who early in the film said, you know, fuck these racist infomercials of yours, you know, and not just background is different than those folks in the infomercial. And again, I presume she must be of like Pakistani heritage or Indian heritage or something. And um, Mark, she's like, fuck it, I'm gonna go grab the keys to the van out there. And she runs out of the cabin against everybody else's wishes. Everybody just wants to stay in or, you know, do something else. She runs to the, the cabin and of course the killer chases her and you start to think, fuck, this girl's gone. Why'd you leave the fucking cabin? Why'd you leave the safety of the group, you know, this is an, and this is another dumb one, you know, fuck it, well, guess what, not only does she get the fucking keys, she cuts her own hair to save her skin, which is, you know, the killer grabs her back, <laughs> this is really funny, seeing the killer, like, peeking through the window, the head, right, the, the coal burner's head, peeking through the window as he's grabbing Nadja's hair, and she's got, like, these giant, like, poultry scissors, 
and grabs them and cuts her own hair as he's pulling her hair and saves her skin. And uh, unfortunately, he walks into the, you know, the cabin eventually as she's grabbing the keys and turns the lights off because she turns the light on. Well, well, it was sort of dumb, right? But you can understand why she turned the, key, the lights on. So he turned the lights on as she walks in to get the keys, cuts her hair off to escapes the killer as he's peeking through the window when he finds her, but he eventually walks into the cabin himself, turns the lights off, and there's just the audience doesn't see anything. There's the struggle. The next thing we see a few moments later, you know, they keep us in suspense. What's happening? It's quiet. Oh, and a few moments later, Nadia emerges from the front door with her hair sliced with keys in hand and followed by the killer a few seconds later. And he's been stabbed with the poultry scissors. And now there's two things here. This is different. Yeah, this girl's staying alive because she's smart. Yeah, her plan was risky, but it was executed correctly. And what she was in, fa- in fact faced with a life or death situation she chose to, you know, to at least harm herself a little bit. I mean, it was like not really physically, but she's cutting her own hair and stuff like that. You know, uh, you could assume that if she needed to cut a finger off to escape from the killer, she would have done that because she's smart. You know, she's sacrificing a limb to save her life, that sort of thing. And that's the message that I got, that she was smart. And also, number two, that the killer is not like this machine. He's also a human being. So he gets stabbed in on the side, and Nadia returns to the group with the keys. Unfortunately... This killer, because he's also a smart dude, <laughs> sets the van on fire. And uh, it's really funny. This is really, again, this fucking movie is, in, is extremely funny. Sets the van on fire, and as the group was arriving, somebody made a point to say, Oh, the, why am I fire? Why, what, are, what are those fireworks doing on top of my things? That's dangerous. And that idiot, Harge, who I mentioned earlier, the one who died first, is like, Oh, this is my fireworks. He left fireworks in the van. And so as the van is being set on fire and then there's an explosion, eventually we see a beautiful fireworks display. <laughs> it's, just, it's just like perfectly placed humor, right? And it's just hilarious that uh, you know, the fire, the, their, their, escape route has, their, their escape plan has been foiled and now there's also a fireworks display, which by the way, the killer's enjoying as he medicates himself and, and performs first aid on himself because that poultry scissors stab wound is you know obviously causing him pain and he can no longer continue to wreak havoc upon the conference folks if he's in pain uh, and again another instance and another example of this movie being really really smart and really really funny uh anyway uh what do we have now now we have Naja, eva amir uh and torbjan i'm sorry not amir yet and then uh, eventually lena and amir who were chased through the forest, and they're not really that much of an interesting scene, but it was important. Uh, chased through the forest as uh, Amir, because again, I think he's in love with Lena. He's tr- trying to find uh, Lena after she unfortunately paired up with Jonas, and again, I mentioned that he dumped her off the raft, and so he's trying to find Lena, and he, and he finally, or rather, Lena finds him, and they find their way back to the cabin. But before they enter the cabin, there's this really funny scene where uh, the folks already in the cabin, Nadia, who just came back with the keys, Eva and Torbjorn are all there waiting with their weapons. And uh, eventually, as these two walk into the front door, <laughs> the group is like ready to make their last stand, right? And, and they all start screaming, ah! And it's just hilarious. <laughs> it's just so well, you know, so it's such a well-placed humor point again into this really, uh, you know, this really difficult situation for the, for the group. But you could see people doing that, like screaming, fuck it, you know, this is our last hurrah, we're going to do the best of it. And they all start screaming, and it's hilarious, but it turns out to be I'm a, uh, Amir and Lena. Anyway, now the group is together. And um, 
They unfortunately for a little while only, because at this point uh, Amir and Lena decided they're gonna do a, a, a run for the zipline, and um, they do that. They leave, and they actually make it. They make it to the zipline. Uh, they find uh, the zipline equipment, which uh, the sports running camp lady, Sporty Spice, earlier showed them. And she, Lena overcomes her fear, jumps on the zipline with Amir, and they, they're off on their merry way. But do you remember earlier when that killer was shutting up traps? Yeah, that's one. Yeah? What? What about? Well, he set up a trap for the zipline. Oh, no, no, the zipline trap! Zipline trap, what is it? Well, unfortunately, there's a set of spikes. Oh, spikes, no, that's no good for body. Like, spikes go through, especially if they're really sharp. Even wooden spikes would do the job at such velocity. Yeah, well, it happens to be wooden spikes. Oh, no, I know what happens now. They both die. No, they don't. Actually, Amir, because he's in love with Lena, and he's such a, what a, what a heroic act, you know, this is like for this one. And they jump on the zip line. And it's Amir. And it's Lena. And no killer in sight. And they're jumping on the zip line. And then they go oh, on a beautiful shot across the lake on that zip line. But Amir sees his hand. He sees at the end of the zip line a trap. Spikes wouldn't planted there for him. Death imminent now. What does he do? He sacrifices himself. He turns around and he looks at Lena and he says, Lena, I love you, goddammit. But tonight is my last night. And then he gets stabbed in the back, and uh, and then Amir, I do do this, I do you, I love you too, Amir. We were supposed to be together for the rest of life. Oh, Amir, you my hero, is now stabbed in wooden spikes. Oh, it turns out I too got little stab in wooden spike, but not not death blow like my lover, Amir, potential lover, Amir. And so Amir sacrifices himself, but they reach the other side. And Lena has an opportunity to survive the night. And that's Amir's last stand. And so as Amir gets impaled in this trap, Lena escapes and finds the cabin, uh, finds the canoe, I said cabin, finds the canoe that the killer came in uh, in the middle of the night and finds the phones that I mentioned earlier as well that the camp sports camp leader took and she's able to dial 911 and it's a really cool shot because they sort of pan to the right almost as if the killer is going to be there waiting for her but even but it's interesting because they just zip line in huge distance at huge velocity too don't forget yeah they, they just zip line huge distances at huge velocities and it would be interesting to see the killer already here like some kind of superhuman serial killer from those boring ass movies but he's not they cut to uh, back to the cabin where the killer is actually, in fact, stalking uh, Eva and uh, and Torben at this point, and they're the only ones left. And they're just putting up a fight. And uh, you know, uh, oh, and I forgot to mention this earlier. Uh, uh, the reason why, uh, uh, the reason why 
Nadja is not present in the cabin anymore is because she, as they were making a run for it, she got caught in a trap. But again, the kind of character that she is, she fights this guy off as he's ready to come in for the final blow. Like he grabs, he falls, she falls on a fucking bear trap. And oh, fuckery, fuck, fuck, fuck. It's almost gonna be her demise. She's gonna die now. Oh, she gonna die now. Good. But she doesn't. She grabs something and impales the student, makes him fall into a trap. And so he's really hurt now. The killer himself is. And, it's, and removes the trap from herself and r makes a run for it. And she survives again. So this is the second instance she's faced this killer and survived to tell the tale. Why? Because she's just, be re just fucking being resourceful the way anybody would be if their life was on the line, I think. And I really love that. She's just smart. You know, I fucking love the smart characters. Everybody in this movie has been uh, really interesting and really smart. Anyway, we move forward to another scene of Eva and Chorbigen, who are the only ones left in the cabin, and eventually there's a knock on the door. But this time it's not, uh, obviously, anybody nice. It's the killer. And they start to put up a fight. <laughs> and it starts to get really, really, really funny here. Uh, Torbjorn, who's just, uh, you know, the killer is at the front door, and he comes in with typical uh, slasher thing is the chainsaw uh, who by the way was being held by Eva earlier in a really funny way when they were all gathering her weapons she was just almost carrying it like a purse it was insane and funny anyway the killer has the uh, the chainsaw and he cuts through the front door and eventually runs out of gas and at this point you know those old timey fighters like pictures where like the, the people have their hands up and they're like come on Orbigen just puts up his fights like uh, one of those old school fighters like that, and it's just like uh, really, really ready to fight this guy. And uh, him and Eva are, are trying to fight this guy off, but he's, he's, you know, he's much younger. Torbjorn's an older dude. Uh, and Eva's like scrambling and getting away, showing her true colors at this point. Like she's not really interested in anybody else but herself. Although still understandable considering survival, uh, self preservation is kicking in for her, and she sort of really forgets Torbjorn, even though they were bonding uh, a little bit earlier. And uh, Torbjorn at this point is like putting up a fight and he winds up in the uh, eating commons. And now he's just getting beat to death. And as Eva escapes the cabin, she has a change of heart because I think, you know, she knew that uh, what she was doing was wrong. And I really love to see that. Like, you know, she, she goes from breaking bad to breaking good. And uh, she comes back in to the dining area right when uh, uh, the killer is about to deal the final physical blow. And he's by this time, he's beating Torbjorn to death. He's just punching him in. Punching Torbjorn in the day. And Torbjorn's an older gentleman. But he's still alive somehow. And right when he's about to deal the final blow, Eva just strikes him right in the back. <laughs> strikes him right in the back and, uh, and uh, knocks him on the floor. And then she grabs this sickle. Yeah, and she just starts swinging away and yelling. <laughs> and this is funny. The killer runs away. He's, like, scared. So Eva comes in and saves Torbjorn's life right in the nick of time and, uh, you know, and forces the killer to run away to some other room and, uh, and they're both safe. And she uh, barricades the door with some kitchen utensil or what I'm sorry, some kitchen device. Uh, Jesus, device, what's the word? Uh, do you mean like kitchen uh, thing, like pantry or something? Yeah, like a wooden pantry, but it was metallic. Oh, so you, she blocked the door with kitchen pantry. Uh, she did that exactly and she goes and she checks in Torbjorn and she's like Torbjorn how are you doing buddy what's going on and Torbjorn's like 
Oh, Eva. Oh, I'm glad you're here, but, you know, I almost had that son of a bitch. <laughs> this is really fucking hilarious. This is getting beat to death, but his humor, his timing, the makeup on this guy, missing teeth, and he still has, you know, the humor to, to say that. Uh, and anyway, now the killer's on the run. And, uh, and now we go on to another scene. Eventually, they all meet outside because they, they're putting a run for it, right? But unfortunately, the killer uh, is there. So Eva and Torbjorn are going to make a run for it, and they, now they find themselves in the middle of the camp. And uh, they're putting up a good fight. They really are. But again, Torbjorn is an older dude, and Eva's just kind of exhausted that final energy that she's had to do to try to save everybody. And she has. The killer has them now. And right as when you think the killer is going to deliver the, the killing blow to both of them, in case who shows up? Fucking Nadia, baby. From the middle of the woods, presumably limping. One good foot. Shows up with the golden uh, shovel that they were going to use to do the groundbreaking ceremony in the next day and just fucking decapitate this son bitch. Damn! Like, and just chops his head right off. And at this point, you're like, and they do such a good job with the scene. And like, he's just, there's just like a blow and an enormous amount of bleeding. But no, we don't know if that head's coming off or not. We think it is. But he could have just been knocked out, right? And at this point, like, then the killer gets knocked out and gets back up a few minutes later, un, you know, unexpectedly. But no, total decapitation. The head falls, and there's this beautiful, beautiful, beautiful shot of Nadja as the killer decapitated uh, a coal miner's head and mask come off at the same time, and the body hits the ground, and there's Nadja standing heroically with half her hair gone. And a bloody golden shovel in one. Just saying. Fuck you. Fuck you, killer. I'm Nadia, bitch. And uh, and the killer, and uh, presumably the, the thing is over. It's all over, folks. The fight is over. Nadia with the killer strike on the killer himself. And he's been completely wiped out of existence. His head has fallen off the ground, although it's still in the hat. It's still in that mask. But Nadia for the win, everybody. Nadia, everybody. Please, a round of applause for Nadia. And Nadia comes in and saves the day. Well, not only did she survive two attempts in her life, she's the one that actually winds up killing him. It was beautiful. Unexpected and beautiful. And just when you think the movie should have ended, and again, I mentioned Lena earlier had the opportunity to call 911 when she finds a stack of phones. She is now waving at the, at the, uh, at the people uh, you know, the paramedics uh, for the 911 stuff. And, um, eh, I hate to mention, this is the only part I don't like. So once this, this feels like, this feels complete. The night has been survived. The killer has been defeated. Everybody's okay. The police is on the way, but Jonas shows up again, who's gone for most of this part. Now Jonas is that asshole that's holding him out. And as I mentioned earlier, he sort of almost decapitated his head, but he, he his scalp is falling off. And there's this final scene where he attacks Lena, as she's waving the ambulances and the police. And Lena gets the best of him by pulling his hair off. And for some reason, his brain is shown. Uh, they shouldn't have been, necessarily, because I don't think that uh, that metal uh, or that uh, device that was used to cut off his scalp could have gotten through his skull. Otherwise, it would have sliced like part of his brain off initially, and that's not what happened. And so that was just kind of like weird, and I didn't like that. But anyway, besides that, what a beautiful ride. What an absolute epic story and a slasher, a slasher, the way a slasher film should be done. And we're not going to, 
We're not going to long this, drag this out any longer. This movie gets a 9 out of 10. It's our best removed uh, rated movie yet. And uh, it's a slasher. And I absolutely love that. And it completely changed my mind about what slasher films should be or what they can be. And and it was hilarious and, and fun and such a great thrilling ride. And I really recommend you watch this. And this movie's on Netflix. And uh, I keep saying, and, and. Uh, well, I think that's, that's all over. You should already say goodnight. Well, you're right. I should. Well, if you're still here listening to what's turned out to be our longest episode yet. I really appreciate you listening, and you kept saying, and again. Thank you so much. Have a great night, and until next time, we'll see you on Rick's Horror Review Show. Rick's Rated R Horror Review Show.